Next on BYU Sports Nation, a rallying cry for BYU football. In the midst of a three-game losing streak, where must improvement efforts begin? At 2-4, and four, what can the Cougars do to salvage the rest of the season? Plus, one-on-one with BYU sophomore linebacker Chaz Ayu, why he expects BYU to toughen up against Boise State. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, October 15th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a very generous tipper, Jerem Jordan. Now, Sione Takitaki had to be a, a generous guy last night because it was the rookie dinner, I guess, that he had to pay for. Himself, I'm assuming. He posted on Instagram a $7,000 check, a thousand of which was wine. So, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's sort of like 7000 to the common man is a ton of money, right, for dinner. Like a lot, a lot. Like you'll never spend that much, you know. But depends how much you make. He's on a rookie deal. He was what? Fourth rounder, third rounder, or whatever. So it's, it depends, you know. It's not for that's first round. Uh, that's first round money kind of thing, right? The rookie dinner is the NFL's version of safe hazing. Safe, safe hazing. Yes, it is Saising. safe hazing. Yeah. yeah, whatever you want to call it. And can I just can I just get something out there? If you are a waitress or a waiter and you want good tips, then just try. Just try. Did something like, happen recently? Smile at people. Like maybe come back to the table more than one time during the dinner. Yeah. And you'll get 15%. In fact, if you do the minimum, I'll give you 18%. And if you extend yourself, 20%. Oh, wow. Yes. Did something happen recently? or just It's, this it's is all a long too time? common in my life. Oh, okay. Just in general. Yeah. Like, I know you're tired. I know that you're dealing with disgruntled customers. And just try. And I promise it will literally pay off. Okay. Okay. Okay, Chris Traeger. Yeah. <laughs> Telling you. Whoever Sione Takitaki tipped last night must have done a really nice job. Yeah, that, that would be the hardest part, right? It's like, oh, man, i got to pay for this. Oh, wait. I've got to tip really, really well yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. We're We'd, talking like $1,000. I've got some tips for today's <laughs> show as well, including former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon. Is he giving up on the Cougars? Can they salvage the season? He's going to join the conversation there. Plus, Kalani Satake. Feeling pressure as the head coach in the midst of a three-game losing streak where improvements must begin in his mind. And Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with a disgruntled Chaz Ayu. The sophomore linebacker did not hold back yesterday. Much more on that, but not before today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU redshirt freshman quarterback Jaron Hall left Saturday's game at USF early in the fourth quarter after a hard hit and resulting concussion-like symptoms. Symptoms, rather. An update on his injury was given yesterday. It's day-to-day right now, so we're, we're still hopeful. But that's right now we're going to go practice and, and see what, what the protocol is. If Jaron Hall can't go, then it's the Baylor-Romney show for BYU against 14th-ranked Boise State. We wish Jaron a very quick recovery. Yeah, hopefully he can go. Uh, if he cannot, then uh, Baylor Romney's the guy. Let's go. BYU football host number 14, Boise State, Saturday night. Cougars fifth worst in the country at uh, red zone TD percentage. Kalani Satake, your thoughts? We're not scoring enough points to to uh, 
to get the wins that we need. And then and we're getting on into the red zone, but we're not punching it in. That's it's always dangerous when you're kicking field goals or attempting to kick field goals rather than score touchdowns. And that's uh, we got we got to get points on the board. The last two games, BYU has one touchdown in six red zone trips. Certainly need for improvement there. Cougar pregame live starts at 8:15 Eastern on BYU Radio Saturday night, and BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is live at 9 Eastern with special guest analyst Brian Keel joining the crew. Jamal Williams. Ran for 104 yards on 14 carries with a career-high 45-yard rush last night. Awesome. In a Monday night football 23-22 Green Bay Packers win over the Detroit Lions. He also had four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. He made some really smart plays late in that game. Selfless play from Jay Swag Daddy. The Packers are now 5-1. and one. They will next take on... The Raiders. The Raiders. On Sunday. Jamal Williams, greatest game in the NFL. It was fantastic. And off of a concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Women's volleyball remains, I don't know what the possible is for. Number nine in the ABCA poll, freshman setter Whitney Bowers, West Coast Conference Player of the Week. She's 17 years old. She should be worrying about, like, AP English and uh, homecoming. Instead, she's setting a top 10 volleyball. Well, she's That's worried awesome. about English 115. <laughs> yeah, now it's harder. <laughs> the Cougars of San Diego, who are 7-0 and in league. First team out of the polls, by the way. This is a big matchup Friday night. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. I'll be there, as will former Team USA member Amy Gant and an All-American. Ready to roll, man. You got to watch them firsthand not too long ago. Yeah, it wasn't secondhand. It was first. It was firsthand. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A rallying cry for BYU football. We heard from head coach Kalani Satake in our headlines above about the offensive improvements that need to be made in the red zone. Sophomore linebacker Chaz Ayu taking it a step further yesterday when he said this about his offensive teammates. Yeah, it's it's pretty it kinda it kinda guts you out a little bit, you know, to see that the offense drives the whole field, takes off all that time, and then comes out with nothing. Um, especially when it's if it's a turnover or, you know, a missed field goal. You know, that kind of stuff kinda gets at the defense a little bit. You know, we provide a lot of opportunities, as many as we can, for the offense and they go out and do their thing, you know, move the ball, get all these yards, make big plays, and then don't reward themselves or the team with a touchdown or three points, you know. That, that can get pretty discouraging when it happens multiple times throughout a game. I appreciate his honesty. Now, to be fair, it's no secret the BYU defense has really struggled to stop the run this season. Chaz, are you part of that effort? He says that some of that comes down to a lack of physicality on the defensive side. Um, in practice, we you know, try to play it safe. You know, No one's really tackling across the nation during practice, but... Um, as far as being physical, we need to practice being more physical. Um, we play really soft against the run, as you've seen in the past games. And that's because of the way we practice. We just kind of just run off and do a little two-hand touch in practice when we should be you know, getting our chest and everything into it. And I feel like just that mindset and that practice and habit-wise during the week, that would help a lot on Saturdays. I dig it when players tell us how they really feel and go into detail. Doesn't happen a lot. I really liked what I heard from Chaz Ayu. Jerem, having heard those sound bites, where does the biggest improvement need to be made? Is it starting with offense or defense? Score more points, stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. He always 105th in FPS at 22.3 points a game. You got to score more points. He always 98th in points per possession, by the way, so offsetting tempo. Uh, this team was supposed to be more explosive. That was the conversation in the fall. It has not happened. Uh, BYU's played some tough teams. BYU did not play a tough team on Saturday. Did play its backup and its third string, but I thought they accounted themselves well. BYU was in position to score 35-plus the last couple of weeks, but didn't punch it in in the red zone when they needed to, right? If BYU scores more points, team will, teams won't run against BYU as often because they will be behind. They will pass the ball a little more. The opposing... Uh, uh, offense won't be on the field, therefore the defense for BYU will be a little more rested. I think it starts with scoring more points. And the red zone issue is is bad. And and scoring offense has been an issue in the Satake era. You go back to 2016 when BYU had an NFL quarterback running back in center in Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Tijon Karoma, and BYU was still 62nd in the country at 29.5 points per game. That is the high. You look at the next couple years, 124th, uh, that got tied up and were fired. Jeff Grimes' first year, 79th last year. Improvement. Still 79th, yes. Still 79th, not good enough. Uh, and then uh, this year, through six games, 105th. So BYU's got to figure it out. They've got to be better on offense. They've got to score more points. They've got to be more explosive. And in the end, BYU's doing well enough. I think there are enough red zone trips. BYU's not cashing in at a high enough level. This is a chicken or the egg scenario for me. Which comes first? I don't know, but both need to be fixed. So if you ask me, well, which is more important? Yeah, scoring more points. BYU beats USF. They beat Toledo. But guess what? If BYU stops the run in the third quarter against Toledo or USF, they win the game too. I think 23 points against a marginal USF team should have been enough to win that game, especially when BYU held a double-digit lead. We're up 13 to nothing. Like, BYU was in position to win that game if they can just stop the run. So while scoring more points, yeah, that's a way to win games, it's equally as important on the defensive side of the ball. To me, it is totally 50-50. Those are the two issues, which is why Kalani Satake keeps bringing it up. Stop the run, score more points. I feel like in his mind, it's a 50-50 situation. Do one of them. I don't care which it is. I don't care which it is. Just do one of them against Boise State and BYU might be in a position to knock off the 14th-ranked team in the country. A rallying cry. Let me be clear. I believe that this BYU team is capable of stopping the run and scoring more points. I don't know how many more points, and I don't know how much less, but they're, they are capable of being better. I, I, let me be clear because oh, some people yeah. said, oh, you're so negative. Like, drink some more blue Kool-Aid. I am 100% confident that this team can be better. I believe that Kalani Satake can rally his troops and that they can be better. As to which is more important, I don't know. They're both important. Just pick one. If BYU does one of those things, score more points or stop the run, then things will immediately get better. So what's easier to do is the question now. Score more points or stop the run? To me, it's score more points because BYU's been getting into the red zone. Yeah. I, the, the defensive and the run defense has been so abysmal that I feel like that's a more difficult fix. I'm weirded out by the fact that BYU essentially has the same group as last year that stopped the run well. And this year, all of a sudden, it's not there. So, like, what changed? What changed? That's kind of weird. Offensively, it's like, can BYU – BYU is five points better 
last year. Granted, they did have Sione Takitaki and Zane Anderson and Corbin Kafusi playing defense. Well, last Zane year. for like three games. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys are big losses. So maybe those three were a big. So the Corbin Sione losses, we haven't addressed it still now. Yeah, great point. Those were bigger deals than we thought. Both NFL talents. One of them is in the NFL. Corbin's not in the NFL. Meaning Corbin yeah. was good enough to at least get himself into a free agent contract. Like, he, he's a good player. Topic two. Right now, BYU's two and four, and in a pinch, here's Kalani Staki on the sitch. This is a moment where uh, it's really tough, and I'm going to revel in it and, and enjoy it as much as I can and, and uh, get better from it. But I think it's important for the team to know that this doesn't define us. You know, it's how you respond to the tough times that, that people will remember the most, and that's what character is all about. And, um, looking forward to fighting my way out of this and fighting our way out of this as a team. Spencer, the Cougars are on a three-game losing streak. They have six games to go. Is the season still salvageable? Well, what would qualify as salvageable? To me, salvaging the season at this point would be showing progress compared to last year. So can BYU win more games than they did last year? That would require eight wins. Yikes. Um, it feels tough. It does feel very tough. But BYU has two opportunities to win a rivalry game, and they haven't done that since 2016. So if BYU beats either Boise State or Utah State and finishes the season with six regular season wins and go and win a bowl game and they're 7-6, and six, but they at least got a rivalry win, then yes, by the slimmest of margins, to me it shows progress because they won a game that they typically haven't in the recent past. You could salvage the season if BYU goes to a bowl game, including a victory against one of the rivalry teams. If it comes down to San Diego State and BYU's 5-6 and six and they beat San Diego State, it's like, hey, they got to a bowl game. To me... That is not salvaging the season. No, even if they win the bowl game, seven and six, to me that is sixes. It is even. Okay, you, Literally sixes. You, you did exactly what you did last year, seven and six, winning a bowl game. BYU needs to do something they haven't done, beat a rival, one and ten in the Kalani Satake era against rival teams, to salvage them, or one and nine, sorry. If they beat Boise State, then it would be two and nine, or Utah State, whatever, just beat one of them, and that to me puts BYU on a track where they can salvage the season because there's improvement there. What do you think? Don't sleep on Idaho State. They're next. They're not involved it's in time this! for the Cougar whip around. Whoa. It is? Oh, okay. It is uh, not football. time for that. Probably not. I don't know that BYU can salvage the season. Um, if they win the final regular season, uh, the final six games, that's eight wins, that would be salvaging. I just don't see it. I just don't. The way BYU is playing, the way... Who BYU has, the injuries, the season enders on a couple. No, I just, wait a second. If I they, just don't so, see it. So they'd have to win all six games. Five and one would not salvage the season in your mind. No, seven wins in the regular season isn't good. Isn't good. Even though it's better than last year. And given this, the start. I, I don't want to base it off how sucky BYU is right now. Like the last couple of years, four and nine, seven and seven. I don't go, oh, that, well, that's pretty. It's relatively good. It doesn't mean it's actually good. Anything below eight, you aren't a good team in college football. you got to win at least eight games, in my mind, to be a minimally good. Including a bowl game, or are you talking regular season only? I don't know. Who cares? Like, eight plus, whatever. I don't, 
I hate that we're talking about anything less than 10. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, BYU's just not a relevant football program, and it's very frustrating. And it's even worse than that. BYU's losing games they shouldn't. They're not competitive in some of these games where we hope they are. They pulled off an awesome win against USC. We're going to find out the USC's probably like a 500 team or something. Tennessee stinks. Like, those were awesome wins. But in the end, it's like, ugh, this just isn't the BYU that we all know and love, that BYU can be, and I think we believe BYU will be in the future. I ask that as a question, not a statement. We hope that there are systemic differences that get corrected and BYU is better, and, but we're seeing the same issues, so it's just really frustrating. I, I'm not sure that BYU can salvage the season. BYU can certainly do some positive, good things, get better, but it doesn't mean the season was good per se. I think a lot of the damage has been done. If BYU beats Boise State Saturday, perhaps they turn a corner. But I don't see how it's poof going to happen this Saturday all of a sudden, given what's going on and given who's unable to play due to injury. What's crazy about that is if BYU beats Boise State on Saturday, and I know that is a huge if, they would have two wins over ranked teams at home, and they would have a rivalry win. So this game carries some added weight for sure. Yeah, oh, it's, sure. it's, just, it's just a really frustrating time right now. And, and if BYU beats Boise State, that's big national news. Top 15 team, best group of five team, rivalry win, given where BYU's at, that'd be, that'd be big time. Hey, that you, would, it, would, it would help go towards what we're talking about, salvaging the season. Spoil the season. Spoil yeah. Boise State's season. Good yeah, grief. And they could still be the top group of five team with the one loss, let's be honest. Our question of the day, at 2-4 and four, and off three straight losses – how does BYU salvage the rest of the season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jaran Fam on Twitter says, defense needs to figure out how to stop the run. Offense needs to stop relying so much on the quarterback. It should be able to rely on the offensive line. So from that, I'm gathering... He wants overall improvements, which lead to more wins. Like, if, if BYU can stop the run and rely on the offensive line, is that salvaging the season? I mean, are we getting that? No, no, is, no. Is, are we in the minutia there? You've got to salvage the season against power fives and ranked teams. It's like Boise State's the only opportunity left on the schedule. It's not against San Diego State and those other bozos. Right? Utah State, like, that would be a nice hey, win. Hey, BYU beats but, Utah State. That's improvement. I know, but we're so low on the, the totem pole now that we're like, hey, Utah State would be a really nice win. That would be like the – we don't need that to be the third best win of the year. Come on. Come Hashtag on. BYUSN if you want to join. Coming up, what's at stake for Kalani Sitake this season? And former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon on the program. Is he ready for BYU to salvage the season? And – how can they do it in his opinion? This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, we're all ready. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, watch after further review is Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and the uh, venerable David Nixon. Explain schematically what happened against South Florida, what to expect against Boise State tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific, on the BYU TV app, and a rebroadcast tomorrow morning. 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. We are live with your BYU day-to-day play-by-play. We call it BYU Sports Nation, hanging out in Studio B. Maybe you call it something else. I don't know. I am Spencer Linton, and we welcome in our good friend, David Nixon, who is ready to unleash, or something like that, right? (sighs) 
Yeah. Are you Listen, ready to unleash something? We're a couple days past the. Uh, I mean, the wounds have started to close a little bit. Unfortunately, oh, that's good for you. Unfortunately, they're going to be open back up today with AFR. Uh, <laughs> But then the healing process will officially begin. And listen, the, t- the team has, you saw the press conference yesterday. The, the team knows they have to move on. I mean, this is one of those things where it stings and it should hopefully continue to sting, but you've got to start mentally preparing for Boise State because you have a ranked team coming in your house this weekend, right? Uh, here's one more opportunity for you to go and, and try to make a statement. So, as painful as it was, you watch the film and you correct those mistakes um, and you keep them fresh in your mind that, hey, I can't allow this to happen or that to happen. Uh, fix them, and, and hopefully move on this week. Is the season salvageable for BYU? I tell you what, a lot of damage has been done. When you lose those two games in a row to Toledo and USF, a lot of damage has been done. I think, listen, I think BYU going into every season, uh, the benchmarks are to obviously beat P5s, beat ranked teams, and get to a bowl game. I mean, in independence, that is what you're look, that's, that's what you're trying, you know, trying to achieve. Um, they beat two Power 5 teams. Uh, next on the slate, you've got a ranked Boise State team. So you have to win this. You have to win this week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Have to win. I, to, I, to salvage the season. I think to salvage the season. To salvage the season. I thought you just went straight up. I was like, what? No, I mean, listen, BYU has to get to a bowl game in order to, for this to be any remote uh, measure of a successful season. So, yes, they have to win one of the three against the uh, Mount West team. So um, I, this is one of those opportunities. But I think in order for this to salvage the season, you have to beat a ranked team. Um, which, you know, BYU hasn't – was USC ranked when they came in here? Yes. I guess yes. they were 24th yes. or so. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this so will be a second-ranked second, home win. Second-ranked. And San Diego State is still playing well this season. They might be at the end of the season. They may be ranked, depending on how they do in Mountain Conference play. But um, one more opportunity. So, yes, I think this is a must-win. If you're talking about salvaging the season, I think this is a must-win game. Well, if BYU wants to finish with a winning home record, it's also a must-win because right now they're 1-2 and two in Provo. <sighs> My issue is that so many of these benchmarks are minimal stuff. It's not actually good. It's just minimally good. And that's the frustrating part. If this was a season by itself, we could justify and talk about, eh, that's all right. This isn't. This is systemic. We always had issues post-Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. 13 and 9. Um, 13 and 19. 19. 13 and 19. Eh, just BYU stinks the last couple of years. Yet, opportunity, if BYU wins, uh, I think it Change the narrative quite a bit quickly. Yeah, I think you start to put some of that uh, aloe on, on, the, on the stings, right? Mm. Uh, and it starts to make it a little better. Uh, but that sting will always be there. The damage, like I said, the damage has been done. It's, it's one of those things where you look back on this season, similar to when you look back on the 17 season and look at the UMass loss, ECU loss, those are bad losses. And, and you're going to look back on this, on this 19 season and say the same thing. We lost to two bad teams we should have beat. I, th- I agree on South Florida. I don't on Toledo, though. I think Toledo's uh, that's that's a game that's tough, and because it comes off those four power fives, it feels worse, right? Yeah, and listen, I think if Toledo wins the MAC, are we going to feel bad about that loss? Yeah, I think the sting on that one too is is the bye week. You had a bye week going into it. I mean, the schedule set up. Oh, for USF, for USF, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, for USF, the sting with with this game is you you had the bye week going into it, and you weren't be able to put you you couldn't put together a game plan. As far as Toledo goes. Um, listen, they just they just got rolled by Bowling Green State. I mean, one and four Bowling Green, now two I, and four. I don't know how good this Toledo <laughs> team is, and we'll see how that plays out. And uh, you're right, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah it, it, uh, it's not in the same ilk to me as UMass and VCU, but it's a game BYU should win. Here's here's my thing, and that's the key. You're up double for, digits for me. BYU, they should win the games they should win, and I'm fine with dropping some games to the Washingtons of the worlds. Even Utah, as much as I hate to admit it, um, or even even the USC's of the world. We fortunately we picked those up, so I'm fine with losing some of the games you probably should lose. 
but I can't stand losing the games you should win. And th- these last two games are games BYU should have won. BYU was but, favored to beat Toledo and favored yes. to beat USF. Well, BYU won both its games when it was a dog, so being a dog is probably better, right? <laughs> I, now, now, I want to ask this question. We are continuing to maintain program standards despite what the program is telling us what it is. At any point, should we drop that? I, I, for one, and I think you guys agree, refuse to drop said standards. Although, we've dropped from the win 10 games get ranked standard to eight would be nice. And here we are sitting on a couple of seasons where eight doesn't look like it's going to happen. So do we keep the standards up or do we reassess the business model and look at what actual earnings should be? I, I don't know. I don't think you reassess it. Listen, BYU is close in both these games. It's not like BYU is getting blown out and they don't belong in the same field as these teams. Um, you know, Washington was a blowout, but besides that, BYU was in all these games. So I don't think you need to hit the panic Losers button. talk about margins, right? Yeah, but it's, it, it is true, though. I mean, I, I think it's a great way to measure your success, obviously, is how close were the games. If, if one turnover went this way or that or one big play went this way or that, you're in that game. If you're getting blown out, so yeah, I think if you're getting blown out, yeah, we need to look at, hey, it's bowl game. Getting to a bowl game is the, the ceiling for this team. Let's just, let's just keep getting to the bowl game. But, and that'd be a pathetic point yeah, if no, we get there. And nobody right? wants to get there. Listen, I don't think BYU will get there. I think this team, honestly, when you, when you look at it, they, they have the talent there, but the execution is lacking. I mean, when you so, look at so the what's, film. So what, what, what's that on? I think, coaching? I think it's both. Okay. Honestly, it's both. It's coaching because you, you've got to understand your personnel. You've got a lot of young guys playing right now. You look at that defense. You get, at some point, you have three, four freshman linebackers playing. Yeah, unless you're an insider, most fans are saying, who's that? Yeah, 100%. And who's that? And, and so you've got young guys playing, and so that's coaching, getting coached up. But it's also players putting your head in the, in, the, in the film and in the playbook and knowing what your assignment is and playing fast. When I look at this USF game, it was not only offensively, but defensively missed assignments left and right. The offensive line played terrible. The defensive line and linebackers Terrible. The still play- had a chance to win the game. Amazing. The O line played terrible. Oh, if you look, if well, they had a season high in rushing yards, which is interesting, right? Interesting, but you also look at thirteen tackles for loss, seven sacks. Oh, six from sacks. that regard, so, six, six sacks. sacks. I feel you. I mean that. Yeah. That, 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 how do you? How do you? Front. I, I, there's no excuse for that. And so when you <laughs> when you watch the film, you have to go back and you just have to sit back and 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 as a as a player, you have to take it personal. You look at. You look at your assignments, you look at that you weren't executing properly and that you were out of place, you weren't tackling, bad angles, I mean, offensive line, miscommunications. I mean, the, the, things, the thing is, all these can be fixed, um, but they also need the help of the coaching staff to put them in position to succeed and to win. And so it falls on both, the offensive, staff, the offensive defensive staff, the coaching staff, as well as the players, because it's a, in a loss like this, it's a team effort in the loss. Sure. And so uh, everyone's got to look at themselves in the mirror and say, what can we do better? And I'll tell you what, this team... Who, who knows what they're going to show? I, mean, that, I think that's a bummer about this, this season's team, and frankly, some of Klein's teams. You're not sure what team's going to show up on Saturday. They're capable of beating Boise State. Very capable of beating Boise State. But also capable of losing at USF. That's my point. That's a weird, that's a weird polarizing uh, personality for this group, right? It's no sca- and, that, and I think that's the scary part about it, is, is BYU fans, you're not sure what to expect come Saturday. Are we, we going to get this USC team, that beat, or the team that beat USC, that comes out fired up, flying around, making hits? Are you going to show up and, and see the USF team that literally act like they had no idea what was going on? So I, that's the scary part. Hopefully, hopefully it's obviously the USC team here at home, and it gets a ranked opponent, and not only ranked opponent, but a now quote-unquote rival to the north. I'm a little intimidated by the idea that at 2-4 and four on a cold night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in front of what's probably kind of a lower, lesser crowd for BYU, given the weather and what BYU's doing, hopefully some fans show up, right? Uh, the diehards will be there. Against a ranked team 
that has had BYU's number. This is a tough situation for BYU to kind of rise up and win this game in terms of motivation. If, if they do, I mean, that's quite the performance. I'll tell you what, I think it's easier to rise up and be motivated for this game than if BYU was 4-2. and two. I, I think they realize their whole entire season's on the line at this point. If they want to get to a bowl game, if they want to go to Hawaii and enjoy that nice week of vacation. They want to salvage the season. If they want to salvage the season, they've got to step up. But have some players perhaps crossed that threshold already based on the performance last week? Well, if they've crossed that threshold, they've got to get out of here. I mean, it, that's where it comes down to the team captains. I know this team's struggling with team captains. Zane Anderson out for the season. Tyson Williams out for the season. Well, they haven't declared. Like, it's game by game, right? Yeah, game by game. But, but the team leaders. There's, quote, team leaders. There's guys that were running the player run practices during the summertime. There's guys, I promise you, that when you know, USF runs for 10 plays consecutively, they're over there on the sideline yelling at each other. They didn't even try to pass. They didn't even attempt to pass. <laughs> they didn't attempt one. They uh, completed seven. Make it eight with a pick. So, so I'm telling you, there, there's guys that have got to step up, and, and it's, it's typically the seniors. But on this type of team, maybe it's the freshman. Maybe it is a Chaz Ayu that comes to, the, comes to the rest of the guys and say, we've got to step it up. Based on the press conference, he, 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 he to a degree, called out the offense, but a, as a teammate as well, kind of like, yeah, that's frustrating for us and them and – that's it. But I wanted to ask you this, too. Did, were you ever okay with a guy on the other side of the ball calling out your side of the ball? Because no. it, it feels like Chaz was trying to be a teammate, but he was also saying, yeah, we need to score more points. No. But the offense could say, yeah, stop the run. Yeah, listen, there were times when, especially with Max, Max was a fiery guy. And he was a team, team captain for the offense. I was team captain for the defense. And uh, there were times where, you know, we get frustrated with each other because either we'd be getting too many points or they wouldn't be able to score. But it was never calling each other out. I mean, this is you're in this together. At, at the end of the day, defensively, you go in the mindset we're going to win this game three to zero. We're going to shut this team out. And so I, I don't care how many. I mean, I'm telling you, in this game, nobody should be calling anybody out uh, besides yourself and maybe your linebacker, or your unit. But don't definitely don't call out the other side of the ball because there's uh, there's fault to go all around in this one. David Nixon, always a pleasure, my friend. We look forward to another outstanding edition of After Further Review. <laughs> well, we're going we're to get it out of the way, guys. Uh-huh. Just, just watch. Uh-huh. We'll explain what went wrong. Some, some things went right, kind of. Uh, and then we'll put in the pass and move on to this next game. Just do me a favor. Answer which is easier, uh, scoring more in the red zone or stopping the run. Just handle that on AFR. Stop the run. <laughs> As a defensive guy. Very yeah. easy. Yeah. Thanks, David. Yep. Coming up, how did Chaz Ayu end up in a helicopter flying into Lavelle Edwards Stadium on signing day a few years ago? And we've talked about pressure. How much pressure is Kalani Satake feeling right now? Hard to quantify that. We're going to discuss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. Good song by Paramore. Join us tonight for BYU Football with Kalani Satake as the coach, player against JJ and Wigway, and host Greg Rubel. Spend an hour breaking down USF, previewing Boise State. We'll give you the top 10 plays of the season as well. 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the app. Reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. Good news. More BYU Sports Nation and a recap of today's headlines. BYU redshirt freshman quarterback Jaron Hall left Saturday's game in Tampa at USF early in the fourth quarter after a hard hit and resulting concussion-like symptoms. An update on his injury given to all of us yesterday. It's day-to-day right now, so we're, we're still hopeful, but that's... Right now, we're going to go practice and, and see what, what the protocol is. Hopeful is the word of the day from Kalani Satake. If Jaron Hall can't go, then it's the Baylor-Romney show. Cougar pregame live starts at 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific on BYU Radio Saturday night. And BYU's countdown to kickoff live at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV.
Jamal Williams had 104 yards on 14 carries with a career-high 45-yard run last night and a 23-22 Packers win over the Lions. He also had four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. It was almost run, but it was a touchdown It was catch. technically a touchdown catch. It was catch. a pitch forward from Aaron Rodgers. Williams and the Packers take on the Raiders Sunday. Hey, Aaron Rodgers will never complain about having another touchdown pass in that uh, statistical category. Yeah. BYU women's volleyball remains at number nine in the latest ABCA poll. Freshman setter Whitney Bauer, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. The Cougars host San Diego. The Toreros 7-0 in WCC play. They are the first team out of the top 25, so technically they're number 26. That match happens Friday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Back to BYU football and Kalani Satake, who has been quick to place this blame game squarely on his own shoulders as his team struggles. Listen to this. Anything that's not functioning well is my fault. And so that that's that's how I look at it. This hands-on with the offense, defense, and special teams, and we're not performing well, so that's on me. And you know what? The placing the blame on his shoulders has not gone unnoticed by his team. Back to Chaz Ayu, who was very open yesterday. He told the media yesterday how much that type of conversation and that rhetoric from his head coach means to him and the team. When a coach takes up, you know, steps up and takes the blame for the players, you know, that's, that shows a lot of love, a lot of humility. And as a player, it makes you want to step your game up even more. Um, you know, because his job, you know, obviously he doesn't have the extension right now. So his job is on the line. And for him to put himself under the bus like that and kind of take the blame for our, the way that we're playing, you know, that shows a lot of love. So it makes me just want to go out there and work even harder for him. Okay, Chaz you open the door into the room. Let's discuss the elephant in that room, Jerem. With Kalani Satake not having his extension in place, is he coaching for his job this year? I think if BYU has a losing season, yes. I, like he, I think he'd be in some pretty hot water. If BYU goes to a bowl game, I'd imagine that Kalani Satake would be back in the final year and uh, it'd be TBD. I, I think that'd be fair. If BYU wins the rest of its games this season, perhaps there's an extension, right? But it's tough because we all like Kalani Satake. Like, who doesn't like this guy as a person? But at the end of the day, this is a results-based business. You and I work in it, too. If you and I stink, they're going to get different hosts, right? And uh, Kalani Satake had a 9-4 and four season, a 4-9 and nine season, a 7-6 and six season, which we grade on a curve because you put in a freshman quarterback, so you get a little out there. And then this season, BYU had a tremendous start, 2-1. and one. I tweeted out after the USC game, did Kalani Satake just earn his extension? That is now a cold take, right, as BYU's lost three in a row, two and four. Um, this program seeks to be better than seven and six, say, in back-to-back seasons, and four and nine the season before. So that's tough. The last time BYU had a, a record similar to, similar to this at this point was Gary Croton, and he was let go after four seasons, after three losing seasons. Now, BYU... Uh, is hoping to just have the one losing season, which was a setback in 2017. And Kalani Satake made changes, fired the offensive staff, dramatic move, firing Ty Detmer, right? The, perhaps the most beloved character in BYU history. It is a tricky situation right now. The players are aware. Chaz Ayu is reflective of the team, knowing, listen, we love this guy. Bracken O'Bakri was very passionate yesterday, defending Kalani Satake, defending what BYU football is. And if you're watching the show, you love BYU football. You love what the Cougars do for the most part, except for the couple of youths for some reason watching this. You know who you are. And the Utah State Aggies. Maybe some Boise State Broncos. Hi. 
BYU football should be better than it is, and we all know it. The question is, can Kalani Satake lead BYU to that, and quickly? Kalani Satake, yes, he's coaching for his job security. It is what it is. His players wouldn't talk about it if that were not the case. He knows. Nobody needs to tell him what's on the line. In fact, he's not just coaching for himself, but everybody on that staff as well. They all want to get better. This is what it stinks. It, it is a hard reality, and it, it, it's a brutal cutthroat business, but it is what it is. And I know people say, hey, well, Lavelle Edwards would have never lasted Different time, totally different era. Oh, he was bringing uh, yeah, BYU uh, yes. out of the ashes. They had not been truly relevant consistently ever. So it was a different thing. Lavelle fully anticipated that he was going to be fired. He's like, yeah, I might as well try something different. Let's just start throwing the ball all over the place because I'm going to get fired anyway. That's a direct quote from him. And it worked. It worked, and all of a sudden BYU becomes like this powerhouse passing program quarterback you through the 80s. Kalani Satake is not going to be granted that type of leverage and leeway and patience because it's a different business. And nor is the ground as fertile for a team like BYU to do that. Yeah. It is a power five run. It's so different. Sport. It's so different. BYU is on the outside looking in. Yet BYU has a contract with ESPN which connects it in terms of a, a unique TV contract, connects it with quality games. In my opinion, too many quality games, right? Um, and, and BYU is in a tough spot right now where they've got to figure some things out. This is, this is really frustrating, too, because as David Nixon mentioned, we were talking about standards. BYU is so close to being 4-2. They're also close to being 0-6. But they're close to being 4-2. And, and we would have a different narrative now. We wouldn't be talking about the pressure on Kalani Satake. Everything would be just fine. It's that fickle. It yeah. is crazy. And, and it is results-based. At the end of the day, you aren't what you think you are or you want to do. You are what you do. And right now, BYU is 2-4. and four. And Kalani Satake is one game under 500, hasn't beaten Utah, hasn't beaten Utah, uh, Boise State, and has beaten Utah State one time. That's, those are tough stats. Let me be clear. I would love nothing more than to see a Kalani Satake-led BYU team beat Boise State on Saturday and ultimately start oh, turning the singer, yeah. change the Oh, record. of course. Winning's we the best. We all want Kalani Satake to succeed in Studio B. I hope that isn't being questioned. That's man, still. oh man. Coming up, the unique connection between the Mormon colonies and BYU quarterback? <laughs> you, you're bringing this, aren't you, that day? That has to be you. Uh, yeah, I said it. So, yeah. <laughs> and Chaz Ayu talks physicality. With Jerem, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with the outspoken sophomore linebacker next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get your fill of BYU football and other sports every Wednesday on the BYU TV Sports Block. It's where the party's at. Begins at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific with AFR, followed by BYU Sports Nation. And BYU Football with Kalani Satake. It's Wednesdays beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern on BYU TV. BYU sophomore linebacker Chaz Ayu has been talked about quite a bit today because he was so outspoken yesterday in regard to the state of BYU football, offense, defense, how frustrated he feels. He was kind enough to go one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access with Jerem Jordan to discuss all of that and more. Here's that interview. All right, Chaz, two and four, obviously not what you guys are hoping for right now. So what's the uh, vibe of the team as you prepare for another tough game this week? 
You know, the vibe is, I wouldn't say it's very positive because positivity isn't going to win us games. Just staying positive, you know. But it's very driven. You know, the team is very focused right now. Um, you know, we're letting the pain hurt. We're letting it sink in. Um, we're not just going to brush it off like we have in the past because that's unacceptable at this point. Two games to two, losing two games to two teams that we shouldn't have lost to. Um, you know, it's pretty, it gets to you, gets to your head a little bit. And so we're trying to just dial in right now and just do whatever we can to, you know, come out victorious this week. Where do you start on the defensive side of the ball? Does it start with stopping the run? Uh, no doubt. I mean, that's been our weakness the whole season is giving up the run. And so that's definitely going to be a main point of focus this week is being physical and coming up on the run. Do you feel like you have the guys to do that? Because it's a similar to group to last year that was a good group at stopping the run. Oh, yeah. I mean, we definitely have the athletes to stop the run. Um, we just got to be smarter and be more disciplined in our, in our positions. And as soon as we can do that, we'll be able to stop the run. Let's talk about you. You've had uh, takeaways the last two weeks. Uh, what has enabled you to be in position to uh, take the ball away? Um, you know, I've just been able to – I definitely think film study has helped a lot, um, especially during the game. You see their tendencies and what they're doing. Um, F- USF, their quarterback couldn't throw the ball. And so that play where I got my interception, it was a man call. And, you know, as soon as I was on my man, I just got my eyes back and just knew he was going to try to throw it up to somebody. Um, and he did, and I was able to make the play there. So, and then I know it was two weeks ago, but one of the well, I think it's the defensive play of the year is your your strip uh, in the red zone against Toledo. But unfortunately, it's kind of forgotten because BYU turns it over the next play and loses. But uh, was that one of the best plays you've ever made in your career? Um, I would say it's definitely one of the more clutch plays I've made in my career up to this point. Um, just just saw, saw the opportunity and took advantage of what I was what I was doing. Is that something you're trying to do often, and it, it worked on that play? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go and watch the film against all these teams that we've been playing, I'm constantly going for the ball. That's something I'm always trying to get is get fumbles, get interceptions, anything I can do to get the offense the ball. So that's definitely been my, my focus this year. Ziggy Ansah had a similar one. He didn't take it away in one motion like you, but against the Browns. Defensively, um, I guess, how can that change a game, a play like that? Um, it can change everything. It can change the momentum. It can give the offense a good opportunity, give them better field position. So anytime you can get the offense the ball, you know, the odds of them scoring are a lot higher. What's life been like for you uh, coming back from your mission and uh, getting back in shape here for your sophomore season? Um, it's been a lot of hard work, you know, getting my body and my legs back under me. Um, I knew as soon as I came back that, you know, I could come and contribute to the team, but my body just wasn't living up to it at the time. So I had to put in a lot of extra running and, you know, a lot of working hard just to get my, my body to the point that it's at right now. At what point did you feel like I'm back to where I was before my mission? Uh, I, st- I don't think I've hit that point yet, but I do feel like I've been able to get pretty close. I'm getting there. Um, definitely this offseason I'll be able to catch up in those strides and hopefully pass it. At what point did you realize, you know what, I want to be a Cougar? Was it when you were younger since your dad's been involved with the program for a long time? Oh, man. Um, I would say that the moment I wanted to be a Cougar is when it was, I think it was maybe two or three weeks before signing day. And uh, I was just talking to a bunch of the other athletes that were coming here, like Longy Tuifua, um, Lorenzo. And we decided that, you know, we wanted to build a class that would last and, um, you know, hopefully make a difference in the program. And that's when I decided to be a Cougar. Listen, a lot of people have given you a hard time about the helicopter. I think it, I think it was awesome. I would, I would kill to be able to fly into Lavelle Edwards Stadium. How was that whole thing set up on signing day when you signed? Um, Bleacher Report, so I'd been talking to them for a couple years, and they said that they would hook me up with a little recruitment video, a commitment video. And so, I mean, it was completely free. I didn't have to spend a dime on it at all. So I was like, shoot, why not? 
I mean, originally I was going to go bungee jumping in L.A., but uh, things changed and decided to do a helicopter. Wait, so you would have signed with BYU by bungee jumping in L.A.? Is that what you're saying? Or would, or would that have been signing with SC or somebody? Um, that would have just been wherever I was going. Like, if I would have gone anywhere else, they would have done, like, a digital pad. And, like, yeah. So it would have, they would have just made it to the school I was going to. Gotcha. I'm glad that we didn't find out any others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, with this season, uh, two and four, you're trying to get better. Boise State comes in. Certainly a tough challenge, but you guys have beaten a ranked team in USC, beaten Tennessee. How do you compete with and, and perhaps upset Boise State this Saturday? Um, you know, this week, as far as the defensive mindset, we're trying to be a lot more physical. You know, we've been kind of soft on the edges and um, at the backer spots. And so, you know, this week we're just trying to come out and just be nasty, you know, just kind of be a mean team, just come out and basically just try to – whoever's in front of us, we're trying to, trying to kill them. You know, we're coming at it for blood, you know. So that's kind of our mindset this week. Boise State's one of the stated rivals. Do you feel the rivalry kind of tension there, or is it uh, different because they're consistently ranked? Um, you know, them being ranked definitely does play into it. But, you know, I definitely do feel the rivalry and the hate um, that comes with the game. Um, and that's something that I've had for a long time since I was a little kid. And so, you know, it's, it's definitely a big game and the game that we take very serious. Is it hard to hate Orange, though, as a Tim uh, Thunderbird? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Boise makes it easy to hate the Orange. I won't <laughs> lie. <laughs> Do you like playing in the rain and snow? Because this may be a wet, cold, late one on Saturday night. No, I hate, I hate that bad weather. <laughs> you know, if it was up to me, I'd rather be playing in 100-degree weather in the afternoon. But, you know, it just comes with the game, so it'll be a fun experience. And, you know, I kind of get to show my character, our team's character, a little bit in playing in the cold. Okay, well, good luck Saturday. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. It's like good luck that you'll play better and uh, continue to get some takeaways. Yes, sir. Thank you. Chaz you BYU Sports Nation, all access. Coming up, a men's basketball players in the transfer portal. You'll, we'll tell you who it is. And we have a new member of BYU Sports Nation. She gets my rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, David Nixon and Chaz Ayu. A couple of linebackers. Linebacker Day. Shows on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Kalani Sitake says quarterback Jaron Hall is day-to-day based on what appeared to be concussion-like symptoms in the South Florida game. BYU football hosts number 14 and undefeated Boise State this Saturday night. Cougar pregame live starts at 8.15 Eastern, 5.15 Pacific on BYU Radio and BYU's Countdown to Kickoff live at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. The game on ESPN2, 10.15 Eastern kick. Cougars in the NFL. Jamal Williams was back after missing a game with an injury. Ran wild, 104 yards on the ground, 14 carries, had a touchdown catch as well. Volleyball. The women remain at number 9 in the ABCA poll. Freshman setter Whitney Bauer, the WCC Player of the Week. Cougars host... San Diego, also unbeaten in WCC, played 7-0. They are first team out of the top 25. Epic showdown going to happen Friday on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Also, Ben Patch recorded four kills in a four-set USA volleyball win over Egypt in the bronze medal match of the FIVB World Cup. Basketball. Sophomore guard Colby Lafson is entering the transfer portal per an announcement on Twitter from Colby. Lafson played in 26 games before his mission, averaging 1.6 points per game. Sharpshooter, sharpshooter, Gwinnett, Georgia. Back to women's soccer. BYU ranked number five according to the top drawers soccer poll. Michaela Coulihan, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after two goals and four assists in two matches last week. 
Cougars over C. Elijah Bryant scored 17 points, shot 50% from the field for Maccabi Fox Tel Aviv and a 102-86 win over his former team, Hopwell Elliott. Today's rise and shout-outs now. And for me, it's going to one of our producers, Harrison Collier, who works so hard at BYU TV. He and his wife, Jenny, welcomed Flora Rose Collier into the world and BYU Sports Nation last night. We love you all. Congratulations to you on a beautiful little princess joining her older sister, Ellie, Ellie now. Yeah, Ellie. Congrats to the Colliers. That's awesome, man. That's great. Uh, Mine goes to Baylor Romney. So my mom's from the Mormon colonies. I don't know if you've heard about it. So Brigham Young West colonizing in Mexico, the state of Chihuahua. My mom grew up there, grandparents from there. Uh, real personal connection there. Baylor and Gunnar Romney grew up in the Mormon colonies when they were younger, moved to El Paso, later moved to Chandler. Uh, Baylor went to high school in El Paso, so he claims El Paso. Gunnar claims Chandler. Uh, but when Baylor Romney got in the game last week, it was pretty cool. A kid from the Mormon colonies, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints colonies, mm-hmm. got in the game, showed himself well, is in position, shouldn't need, he be needed, and... Uh, Everyone from the colonies knows everyone else from the colonies. So that's why I'm letting all of you know about the guys from the colonies. There you go. Yeah. And I was so pleased with how Baylor Romney handled himself in a very great. tough road situation. Got into the red zone twice. Those were two of the roads, red zone trips. BYU didn't punch it in, right? But uh, perhaps BYU makes a play at Toledo, a play at USF, and boom, they're 4-2, and two, and uh, I'm not depressed on this show. Baylor might yeah. be the guy against Boise State on Saturday. I'm one, yeah, and I'm wondering about the severity of the Jaron Hall injury. Um, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know how to assess concussions, right? But I play one on TV. Hopefully, it was one that was more mild um, or none at all, nothing at all. He was, they took him out to assess him, which was the right uh, safe move. If Jaron Hall stays in the game, does he lead BYU down? Like, they made a safe medical move. Hopefully, he can play Saturday. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express, so I think Jaron's going to be okay. You did? Yeah, no. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, aren't we a, like a Marriott school, right? Yeah. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, answering at 2-4, and four, how does BYU salvage the rest of the season? At AR underscore Stoddard PT says, BYU can restore fans' confidence if they show drastic improvement in the run defense against Boise State. BYU can hold them to around 100 yards. That's it. And be competitive with a chance to win at the end, and I'll feel much better as the season progresses. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time, bro. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Irvin Lee. We'll see you later tonight on After Further Review and the Coaches Show. Busy Tuesday. Go Cougs.